So this week was a veritable fireball as Alexa Bliss shoots a fire rocket straight into Randy Orton's face, and that oh. sounded more suggestive than I will. Ding dong. Hello. Bailey's got a new fucking talk show, okay? We need to discuss that. Fireball of the face is good and all, but Bailey has gone full Sally, Jesse, Karen, Raphael on us, and I love it. All right, we'll talk about the fire and the Jenny Jones moment. It's an all new Tops and Bottoms. You're a burping gutter slut. Yippee Kaye. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Tops and Bottoms. My name is Joey Mayberry. I am the dad bod demigod, and joining me, as always, is my very Bella partner in crime. <laughs> it's your Bella fella. It's your man, Diva Pro Wrestling, the Sin City Kitty Tommy Per here. Joey, thanks for having me back. Oh, you are so very welcome. I love having you on here because you are just as catty with wrestling as I am, and it makes me so happy. Well, they didn't call me Tommy Purr for my reflexes and agility. <laughs> How did I not realize I was making a cat pun? I <laughs> it's great. It's great. So we have a lot to discuss. I, I, I Again, I was that kid who crammed for the test the night before. So I got my notes, and I know Joey's got his notes. So, Joey, what are we starting off with? Well, we're starting off with a sincere apology, because you crammed the night before, and I crammed 30 minutes before. <laughs> <laughs> Where are those kids in high school, Tommy? Do you have notes? Do you have those notes? Can I borrow your notes? I'm, that, I'm your friend who was in the, the period, the class mm -hmm. period before you, and as I'm leaving the class and you're coming in, you're like, how bad was the test? How bad was the test? Is it multiple choice? <laughs> I'm more like the kid that Googled Hamlet like two minutes before you walked into English class and then took the notes down real quick. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, it's like, it, it, it's, it's human version of Lion King. That's it. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Hip and yamba, wamba, I'm a rip off. <laughs> no, Joey, the circle of life is not in Hamlet. You fail the test. <laughs> <laughs> no, but to segue that into something, let's go ahead and say that the Circle of Life did take place on Monday Night Raw mm -hmm. because the show opened up with the King of Kings, Triple H, making his return. And who was he interrupted by? Well, I guess old Uncle Scar, who's looking to take the throne himself, Randy Orton. I, I, I know some people had issues. I love reading the comments especially now that I'm following the product more closely because I have to at this point, you know, being held at gunpoint by Joey. Uh, <laughs> no, but it, it, it's cool because now I can see why everyone's bitching. And a lot of the complaints I just think are completely invalid because people just have no self-awareness of what's going on with this pandemic and how it affects WWE and AEW and impact and NXT and all those places. Um, I, I don't think it's going to turn into a full fledged feud again, with Triple H and Orton, but Drew McIntyre was exposed to uh, test positive for COVID-19. Yeah, that uh, threw a into everything. Unfortunate. Um, um, hopefully, he he seems to be doing well, but hopefully he doesn't progress worse. 
Um, but I love the dynamic between Triple H and Randy Orton. There's just so much history there. They both care so much about it that they don't let, they don't like have revisionist history. Does that make sense? Like, they yeah, don't. It's completely fresh every time these two enter a ring with each other. The only problem that I have with how this storyline went down this week, and it's a big glaring problem from a writing standpoint, where Triple H came out with some announcement to make. Like, Triple H was there for a completely different reason other than to face Randy Orton. And before he could even say, I'm here, to Randy Orton came out, and it became all about Randy Orton versus Triple H. What was the point of Triple H being there? You know what? I know what it is. I know what it is. All the fanboys, Triple H to AEW. That's what the announcement was. That's what it was, guys. Just, just tell Wouldn't it be like, wouldn't it be fucked up if he was just like, we're buying Impact? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, well, you can't spell game without an A, an E, and an upside down W. <laughs> but I'm sure it'll be addressed next week because clearly we can't have Drew for two weeks. Uh, we don't know when he tested positive. So um, it, it might prolong or explain Triple H's return next week. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, that's probably, I mean, I mean, I don't know. But yeah, I, I wanted to know what the hell was the announcement. So I want to know. I was excited to see these two brawl. And it was nice to see kind of that um, mentor, mentee factor kind of come back into it. It was kind of like a father-son fight. But- it, it, yeah. Let's go ahead and parlay that on to an awkward father-daughter fight that happened next. Um, oh man. Well, I loved the interviews. I, I, I really did, I really did like that there. Um, some people were like, oh, Ric Flair botched. Now they're just gonna run with it. I don't, I don't think it was a botch. I think it was planned from the get-go. I think um, badly told. That's it. <laughs> But uh, I'm glad that they're like using the interviews to hype hype it up. I'm glad that it's not involving the title, mm-hmm. uh, um, because Charlotte doesn't doesn't need to chase after the title. I love yeah. Charlotte, but let me stop you there really quick because you said it's not involving a title. So let's go ahead and tell them what we're discussing. So this week it was the fallout from last week, which was Charlotte Flair going one on one with Lacey Evans and. He- out comes Ric Flair looking as happy and just... I love horny old Ric Flair. Horny like, old Ric Flair doesn't get old. <laughs> it doesn't. It's pretty great. So horny old Ric Flair comes down and winds up costing Charlotte the match very blatantly and leaves... Very deliberately. Yes. Very deliberately. And leaves on the arm of Lacey Evans. And now it is horny old Ric Flair who has caused Charlotte the match. But to piggyback off where I stopped you, I think that this could absolutely lead to Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans going for those tag team championships. It could, yeah. It could. Well, what I meant was not centered around the title, was mainly the, the singles Raw women's title, not, not the tag team titles. Um, There's a singles Raw Women's Championship. I know, it, you know, it's mythical. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the Kraken or Cthulhu, you know, Bigfoot. Um, it, it's also cool. a mythical creature that um, I haven't seen for a while, and her name is Asuka. So. 
you know what though? That's completely valid. Asuka is a mythical, magical creature, so we must protect her at all costs. Um, so, uh, but uh, the match itself, it, it, it's just good. It's good. Not iconic. Not iconic. Um, um, but like, I, Rick, Rick Flair, I, I totally felt like Billy Kim. Like, you've got to be joking me. Because when he grabbed Charlotte's foot, he, if you watch it, he doesn't yank her foot. Uh, Lacey, Lacey pins Charlotte. Um, mm -hmm. It was the classic Sable Jacqueline moment where you go to try to suplex them into the ring. They trip the baby face. The heel falls on them and pins them and they hold down the leg. Rick just like puts his hand on <laughs> around her ankle but doesn't pull her. So Charlotte's got to be like, okay, I feel my dad. Okay, bump. And then Lacey pins her, and then Rick, like, barely holds down one of her legs. And I'm like, Charlotte could have easily kicked out of that. Like, it was just so, like, you no, know. He's raging with testosterone right now because he's horny old Ric Flair. Horny. He's super strong. I, I love Charlotte's facials when she's just in disbelief and she's pissed off. And I'm so kind of hoping, I'm kind of hoping, I would love if he came out of retirement for one match just for Charlotte to beat his ass. I think that would be funny. I think that would be great. So I'm interested to see where they're going to go with it. But, you know, yeah. we're talking about things that we're not so interested in. Let's talk about Jackson Riker. So do we have to? I mean, do we, we don't. So no. I want to go ahead and say he came out with Elias. He beat Jeff Hardy. The real story here is Jeff Hardy versus Elias. So after um, Riker got his win on Raw, then Elias challenges Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy then beats Elias. So I guess this is leading to something that's going to happen between Jeff Hardy, Elias, and Riker. Didn't they already have a... Didn't Elias and Hardy already have like a feud or something that ended a month ago or something? They did, but now they're having it again. The idea of the feud between... Um, Elias and Hardy stemming from the fact that Elias still thinks Hardy hit him with the car. It's like, bitch, do you not have the internet? Do you not have Wikipedia? Just gonna... <sighs> well, do you carry a lunch box? <laughs> well, uh, didn't he say something? Didn't someone say something about, oh, Jackson being better than Elias or whatever? So is this, is this leading to some sort of rift between Elias and Jackson where it's like, Jackson's going to think that he's better than Elias or... Well, I just hope it is a rift that sets Riker adrift. I don't want him around anymore. I'm done. I No, no, thank you. Was, and isn't that funny? Wasn't Elias known as the drifter when he arrived? So... I'm on it with some puns that I'm not realizing today. <laughs> you don't even know you're doing it. But yeah, the match, the match between Riker and Hardy took like, what, a minute? It was like barely in the match. But it's a statement, though, because that entertained me enough that I was like, oh, that was fun. Like, Yeah, but it was, it was also, and this is the problem with Raw, it was the first of three matches mm -hmm. that had the same wrestler, like, in it. Like, uh, like this is the th the third, the first of three where it's like they restarted a, a match right away after the fact mm -hmm. that one of the previous participants in it. So is that match happened immediately after it because it was Keith Lee and Sheamus that went against Miz and Morrison after a promo where Miz and Morrison 
did their whole Miz and Mora singing all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> the they were they were being they were being Mismo. You know, Mismo. Mismos are gonna Mismo. <laughs> um uh the top turnbuckle uh coming undone. Um um I gotta say this Miz and the referee, great actors. I because because um, it it looked scary. Like uh clearly it was planned. It had to have been planned, but mm-hmm. um uh, Jomo hitting that turnbuckle and making it look like it uh, he gets thrown in the turnbuckle Keith Lee storms in after him squashes him in the turnbuckle top one comes undone and it kind of almost looked like it had hit him in the back of the head and he he went with it he 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 sold he it. it he's and, such a good performer and I wish that they would get him out of this whole Mismo thing yeah and and, and they will they're just doing what they did with Bailey and Sasha they're just like I think waiting for some of the restrictions to lift so they can do it in front of an audience. But the problem is, is now they're getting accused of being stale, but it's like, it's just one of those, you know, when you're a porn star, you got to save your nut, you know, save your nut for that shot, you know, and it's, it's sad, but I, I get it. That's why I'm not being harsh on them or like AEW or anyone for that matter. Putting out good matches. The Miz and Morrison matches have been good. The promos I'm not so sold on. Yeah, well, they can be grating. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I'm a Miz fan. They can be grating sometimes. But um, um, Miz checking on Morrison was really good. He likes mm-hmm. great actor. So I was kind of like, ooh, is this like, was that a mistake? But then like Keith Lee laughing and Sheamus all being like all chummy with him, uh, which I hate by the way. Um, I was kind of like, oh, if it was legit, there'd be some concern on their faces. There, there some wasn't. Concern, but what also drives me a bit crazy was I really enjoyed watching Keith Lee start to get along with Seamus because I was like, there's something that can be said about that storyline with how Keith Lee's kind of been orbiting around the WWE Championship. So I think that that can kind of parlay into something. But then through the commercial break, after they get the victory, all of a sudden you come back after a little promo from Triple H and they hate each other. They're battling each other with like little to no explanation that you actually got to see on TV. Why? And, and yeah, and then they hug afterwards or something, right? Yeah. So they were mad enough to want to beat each other up after winning, and they love each other after the fight. I don't know. Um, I suck a lot of dick, and that whole situation was too gay for me. So <clears throat> I'm all for gay subtext with Seamus. He is fine mm-hmm. as hell. But mm, maybe I'm just bitter or jaded or just have had too many people screw me over in real life. There's something... There's something about Seamus' character right now I don't fully trust. Almost like, because he's very he's very much in Drew's business. Yep. It, it feels like, oh, you know, if Drew respects him, then I respect him. I'm like, okay, something's going on here. I think Seamus is just biding his time to eventually turn on Drew. Right. I honestly see that happening. And I think Keith Lee being so popular, they're not, Keith Lee's not going to do anything shady. He's the baby face. I think Seamus is 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 pulling is that, he, or is he doing this whole tweener thing? Because it's starting to seem that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I honestly think Seamus is just biding his time, and he's looking for a way to eventually get like Edge Keith Lee out of the picture. Yeah, because so he, he's the main obstacle towards getting the belt from. Well, hopefully I'm out of that because right now the main event picture is getting a little bit stale because now they have to 
prolong a Goldberg feud past two weeks because Drew McIntyre is positive with cold COVID. So now there's not even going to be a series of promos to lead up to the Royal Rumble match. So I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. I'm not looking forward to Goldberg versus McIntyre at all. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> the segue for that is WWE is at least doing the, the recorded promos from home. Drew had two of them throughout the show and mm-hmm. they were really well done. Um, is, is what, um, well, they, well done enough. You know what I'm okay. saying? Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm saying like, sure. There wasn't like a whole bunch of production involved in them, but McIntyre spoke well. And sometimes it's, it's good to do promos, not in front of an audience. So you're not waiting for like reactions and stuff. Sometimes. He sent his message. He sent the message, you know, wear your mask. You know, this affects everyone. Protect it. That's what I liked about it. They're like sending this message. And then, um, <clears throat> and then um, later on in the show, we'll just get this out of the way. He basically just told Goldberg, you're next, you know? Yeah, yeah. you're would you want to face yourself in your prime? No, I am like you in your prime. Would you want to do that? And then I, I love how you promo a lot more than the other one. I will oh, agree with you. the other one. The first one was a PSA for like yeah. COVID. Come on. And then the uh, the second one, it was nice because he explains like I was getting ready to say something, you know, about the legends, and you interrupted me. So Drew covered that shit because right. we all know that Goldberg fucked that up hardcore. So it's yeah. kind of like. At least it was addressed, you know? At least, like, okay, cool. Loose end. Well, time yeah. Good. We'll watch the match at Royal Rumble, and then we'll just be, like, done. <laughs> We're done with Speaking yeah. of done with things, I want to run through what I call the lost hour of Monday Night Raw, which was all of these matches that just seemed to be thrown together because they didn't have time to do anything or, you know, or plan anything, because there's a whole third hour of unnecessary wrestling content each week. Oh, did we did we actually talk about Riddle and Lashley? That's the unnecessary hour. So stop me if you remember any of these things that happened. So in the unnecessary section of Monday Night Raw, we saw T-Bar of Retribution beat Xavier Woods. And uh, Kofi is supposedly out with a broken jaw or an injured jaw or something with his jaw. And commentary is yet again saying that this is the first time the New Day has really been separated or split up. And I'm like, no, it's not. They've been doing that for all of 2020. I think they also, I, but I also think they mean like with all three members splintered across. Well, they did because there was a whole point where Xavier Woods was injured. Oh, Kofi was sorry. injured. 2020 was just such a long year. Like no. I was doing an action figure review. I'm like, did I get this last year? I feel like I got this four years ago. I was doing like my top 10 countdown and I was like, when did this toy come out? I can't remember. Um, it felt like four years actually was the Lashley Riddle MVP segment. <laughs> uh, MVP tried. And then Bobby always looked like he's confused, angry and confused. Like uh, he's always like, like what's cool? Like, and I'm like, is that your mean face? Like you're too nice to be mean, Bobby. I, I like him, but. I like him too, and I liked the kind of entertainment aspect of this, but I think what really made me just kind of like, meh, on the whole segment was, again, it was Lashley beats Riddle, then we get another restart match of MVP versus Riddle, and then Lashley just DQs MVP by spearing Riddle out of nowhere, so then that doesn't go anywhere. Where does that go? 
<clears throat> yeah, I, I can't get on the riddle train. Riddle me this, riddle me that. Who is Tommy not that much of a fan of? <laughs> like, it's, I don't hate him. I just can't really get into this whole bro. Because I've seen other people do the bro gimmick, like AJ Kirsch. Or uh, Bill and Ted. <laughs> AJ Kirsch, Bill and Ted. There's so many other people who do bro just a little bit better. So it's just kind of like, mm, all right, whatever. Really he's starting yeah. to remind me of. Matt Riddle is officially turning into the Pauly Shore of wrestling. Oh, God. How dare you? <laughs> it's true. I liked Pauly Shore's son-in-law. Amazing 90s movie. <laughs> Great. I'm sorry, Pauly Shore, for insulting you. But you know what's also <laughs> insulting? The fact that Drew Gulak is doing nothing in wrestling right now except jobbing out to AJ Styles because Drew Gulak is so good. <laughs> That's what we saw. Drew Gulak, who... Drew, if you're watching this, which you're not, but hopefully someone who is someone who is someone who knows you will send this to you. We gaze. We know what the fuck you're doing. Okay. We do. All, all your thirst trap photos. You know. You know what you're doing. And so I was so excited. to say thank you. <laughs> say thank you and go a little bit more. Um, I loved your gulak. Uh, and the facial hair looks amazing on him too. Um, but you hear AJ Styles versus gulak and you're like, oh, it's going to be amazing. And instead it was, they used it as a comedy bit to help put over almost his, uh, size, which I loved the, the camera shot. That was cool, but that could have been done in a, in a segment, you know, that could have been done. Yeah. It feels like they just built the whole match around there. And then gulak wearing tights. What's wrong with you? How dare you? You'll post sauna pictures and work out in shorts, but you're, you're wearing tights and I'm offended. I'm very offended. Not as offended as I was by the next tag team match, which was Jackson Baszler versus Mandy and Dana Brooke. You said Jax and Baszler. I thought you said Jackson Baszler. And I was like, oh my God, is that like a new Jackson Riker? Like I was, I was confused there for a little bit. I've got nothing for that. I'm, I'm, I don't understand what this what's what's this what's mm -hmm. this um i think mandy i think all four women deserve better um the blondes team, team <laughs> blonde ambition as we called them last show but i called them blonde ambition but joey thought it was blonde and bitchin so i, I like, like that better <laughs> i like this too blonde and bitchin deserve better as an actual tag team because they've got really good chemistry Shayna mm -hmm. deserves better as a singles performer, and Nia deserves to get put through a table by Lana. So, it, God, we needed that. We really, really needed that. I can only hope that, that somehow happens once Lana comes back from injury. So, but so, I, I, I got nothing for this match. I honestly thought that Blonde and Bitchin should have won, but mm -hmm. what, whatever. Whatever on that, but let's move on to the main event because it was Triple H in a fight against Randy Orton, which was. Honestly, good. Honestly, really, really good. Because like I said, it was a, it was not a wrestling match. It was a fucking fight. It was, uh, and and they and they have such long history. And it is mentor versus versus uh, protege. And it's it's very much like you can lay it in with your friends. You know, when you know each other so well, you can make it look realistic. Um, but yeah, do you want to do the honors of like the main thing that was that was the takeaway from this match? 
Well, that was the main thing. I do want to talk about real quick Triple H lighting that sledgehammer on fire because that was really cool. That you know, just when you think he's done everything he can with the sledgehammer, we've seen it all, right? I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's new. That's a new thing. I'll wait for that action figure accessory from Mattel. And then, oh, oh, yes, yes, mm-hmm. give me that accessory. But then give me all of what happened at the end of this match because the lights start to flicker on and off. And I love Triple H Triple H's reaction to it of just Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then it's right before he vanishes and goes to God knows where, which is great. And that's a realistic thing. Like, nope, I'm noping the fuck out of the situation. Triple H Mm -hmm. has lived through the Undertaker. He's lived through Kane. He's lived through the whole corporate ministry, Ministry of Darkness. Um, he's lived Katie through Vic lived through to it. He's lived through Katie Vick. <laughs> he's like, I'm noping the fuck out of this situation, right? So yeah, that made sense, you know. And then I do want to talk about um the five feet of fury being blissed off because she when Alexa Bliss shows up in the ring, her pissed off facial expression is one so of the best good. in history. So good, so good. She, she looks, she looks like a young blonde Fox News anchor dipped in hot topic couture, pissed off at the world and her angry. Really looks like the definition of spiteful. Like if you had a spiteful tarot card, but that would be Alexa Bliss. Yeah, and just like when the hand comes up and you see it's the pain glove. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I read people were like, oh. Orton's cheek is magically not bleeding anymore. Shit happens. If that's the thing that you took away from this, then just stop watching all of wrestling because really, (laughs) just stop watching AEW, stop watching Impact, NXT, ROH, just stop because you clearly are just going to be that bitch and no one likes that bitch. Like we know it's pre-taped. They're taking advantage of the pandemic. I go, shit happens. He clearly cut his cheek by accident. Like... If that's the thing that you're going to pick apart and bitch about, just stop. Just go away already, you know? So were you a fan of the fireball shot that Alexa Bliss Oh, yes. My notes say okay. fireball. And, you know, that was almost as good as um, my, my favorite fireball before this was because uh, was, it was great because Alexa had a huge one. That was, like, that was pretty dope. Um, the only other time where I was kind of like, holy shit, was when Kane shot the fireball at China. Mm-hmm. And that oh, was yeah. in well, autobiography. It, it, what about when Scarlet opened and Keith Lee? I mean, eh. I mean, yeah. I, meh, it's good. Um, but like, but the reason, but the reason why China's was so high up for me was a, I'm a China mark, and but secondly, that was like the first time we had seen something like that, so it stands out. And also, reading her book. It legitimately caught on fire. The napkin was supposed to extinguish before hitting her, and yeah. it literally hit her in the eye and like singed off all her eyelashes. So read her book if they only knew. It's a great book if you haven't. Came out like 19 years ago, but um, but yeah, but no, no, Scarlet's was good. But this is this by far this fireball was amazing. I love the whole how it was filmed. I I love that a lot. Well, um, it's time to go ahead and wrap this three-hour TV show up real quick by asking that wonderful question. Mr. Tommy Purr, did you think that this week's episode of Monday Night Raw was a top or a bottom? Um, 
I, I want to call it a verse <laughs> because I, 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 I'll call it a verse. It's a verse. Um, they, they, this show seems to like oral a little bit more. Actually, no, that AEW. We'll get to that. But um, this is a verse. I mean, you know, I'm going to go ahead and give it a bottom because okay. there were so many just repetitive matches. There were so many just unnecessary things and things that really didn't progress. Is I agree with everything you're saying. I think it's a total verse show because the things that were really good were the things that were story and thought out and planned and really like done. But the you've got this extra hour of just filler stuff. Just that doesn't really matter. Just and it makes it weighs on you because having to get through the whole show, you're just like, oh, I had to sit through so much that I'm not invested in just to get to the things that I am invested in. It's just too much airtime. Yeah, Randy versus Triple H was not. It was good. It was. I liked it, but it wasn't good enough to keep people invested from the start of Raw till the end, because um, mm-hmm. people were just going to tune out, and which was a disservice to what those two did. Um, it would have also helped if they had prolonged Charlotte and Lacey. You could have done that in multiple segments. Um, um, you could have also had included Peyton or Oscar somehow. Um, you could have also, they, they didn't touch on anything with the hurt business from last week, other than this riddle Lashley thing. They didn't touch on any of the dissension, like no, with championships really at all. It, yeah. And then it's kind of like, um, retribution is just kind of like retribution, you know, like we were not getting any continuation of. Ali being frustrated with his people constantly losing, which I thought was going to go somewhere, but I was proven wrong. Thanks, yeah. WWE. I'm trying okay. to defend. I will overall agree with you still and just say complete verse because there was it had potential. It really did have potential. It was just way too long. It was like Wonder Woman 1984. Okay, that's a whole other review, but yeah, this show's a verse bottom for me. You know? Like, okay. I'll give it a verse top. I'll give it a verse top. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> What do we got next? Oh, so I'm going to cut that a little bit and then I'll put an ad. Um, so ad will go through and then we'll go ahead. Now let's go ahead and talk about AEW and what happened there this week because AEW, pretty fun show overall for me. I see the faces that you're making and it's making me uneasy, Tommy. I was expecting more of the same from last week because I was like, okay, at least like this, this for me was, it wasn't bad. I, I enjoyed what they put out there uh, for the most part. This, this second half, I expected more of the same because it's a two-parter. It's the second night of Mirror Smash. Um, I expected, no, no, it was, uh, there were some good things, but not enough for me to, right now, I'm just going to tell you this, this episode, this episode was bottom for me. Hold oh, yeah, come on. Let's go. Let's talk about it. Let's open it. Up. You're, not, you're, you're gonna try and convince me, but go ahead. Let's go. Let's okay. start with the opening. I will try to convince you. So the opening match is not a good spot for me to try to start convincing. <laughs> so, um, opening match for me um, was Pop versus Eddie Kingston, which the match itself I really enjoyed. I thought it was a good technical kind of match, like from a wrestling standpoint. 
cool from a I want to go be and be entertained by a show standpoint. Not my favorite. Um, reason being was in-ring work is great. First thing that bothered me is just there's so many people involved in this feud. Okay, that's my note. I put Entourage in all capital letters. This is actually my problem with a lot of this show. There are mm -hmm. so many fucking people at ringside for so many of these matches and segments. I literally, it, it really annoys me. And I think it takes away from the match, honestly. Like, well, it's because you're having to pay attention to so many people that it takes away from the two people that need that attention in the ring or exactly. the one person that's doing the initial and necessary interference. You know, you're losing all of that. It's a, which, disservice. It's a disservice to the two people in the ring. It, well, if the people at ringside are not playing a huge part in the actual match, like, I get it. Like, if they're going to be jumping him, interfering nonstop, like, very DX, D-Generation X, height mm -hmm. of the 90s, okay. But I'm like, this is just, no, there was, you know, I have nothing bad about the match per se. I just hate that people are on the outside taking away from it. Well, AEW is getting into a dangerous territory with me right now where I feel like the talent, since they're surrounded by other talent, are starting to do things to pop themselves more than they are to pop the people at home. And Which that I think in AEW's defense is not an AEW problem. That is an, a very indie company problem that you see a lot. And it usually right. happens when the wrestlers are booking other wrestlers. Like if, if you, you know, I, and that's, again, I'm not, AEW is not the only one who does this. So I'm not even going to be harsh and drop the hammer on them. That's a, right. uh, you and I both know the Indies do that all the time. The boys just pop yeah. the boys. Yeah. So I agree with you. Which is fine. It's just not exactly what I'm looking for. I like the match. I didn't like at the end where it's just all hell breaks loose because that happened multiple times on the show is just, okay, well, the match is over. Everyone hop in the ring and fight. Don't mm -hmm. like Yeah. But, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Overall, nice starting point for me. And then it led into a little bit of storyline continuity because it was Miro going up against Chuck Taylor in a decent little match. Of um. Yeah, I was. I've never seen Chuck Taylor before, so this is uh, except for the, the last last show. So Chuck Taylor, uh, I, I, me doing no research, by the way, because I, I kind of want you guys to watch me along this journey of discovering people, and I'm not going to do any research to sway my biasness. I want to like, I love that. I want to focus on this product, right? Um, especially if you know, I don't want to. I want to be influenced by other people. I kind of just want my own thing. Chuck Taylor gives me <laughs> this is a compliment but it's gonna come out wrong i already know it gives me that like keanu reeves vibe no I know, I know other people no i'm saying other people are gonna be like he's trying to be insulting kind of like when he's like bro like whoa like dude like when he was like, <laughs> like before everyone started universally loving keanu reeves again which I've always loved Keanu Reeves. I just think he's so fucking cool. Um, so again, this is a compliment, but he was just like, Ugh. what I would have liked from Chuck Taylor, I don't know how long he's been wrestling. I don't know where he's wrestled or who trained him. Um, some more intensity, because I know it's there. This match is supposed to be like personal, one-on-one. -on -one. There's a storyline behind it. And I felt like some of the moves lacked follow-through or intensity. And that's well, my only critique on it. A little bit with these two is because they are the team that associates themselves with Orange Cassidy. 
And we've seen them get really intense in the past. Like their parking lot brawl was one of the most intense matches I've ever seen against. Okay. I wasn't even thinking that, that, you know, and it wasn't like, it wasn't like a big thing I'm going to harp on. That was just the only thing I took away from Chuck Taylor. But Rusev, and I say Rusev, not Miro, because he's doing very rusev things. Him coming it's to a- Rusev with a different name. It's, it's literally the same thing. It literally is. And I'm kind of like, this is a fresh start for you. Like, but you're doing- all the same shit you were doing in WWE. So who's really who was really holding you back there? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You were just mad they weren't pushing your character, but honestly, that's not a thing for me to talk on because I think I would be upset if people weren't pushing my character when it was possible. If you're a wrestler, not if you're a wrestler and you're not upset about getting pushed, then you clearly should just not wrestle then. Everyone should strive to get a push. That's just, you can't be mad at Miro, Rusev, whoever, for being mad at not getting a push. Like, I mean, that's just typical wrestler territory. But he's just doing the same thing that he was doing in WWE, just without without the wife, without Aiden English, without Rusev Day. Yeah. But now he's got kind of the same stable going on with Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian, but that's besides the point. Um, So... (laughs) Um, we have private party get a little bit irritated with Matt Hardy because they think that he's taking too much money from them. I'm a little intrigued on that storyline, to be honest. Yeah, that's and that's a good thing. That's uh, I like that because um, you don't touch on those things with manager roles. Like, how how does this work? Do you get paid off of them or off of the company? And it's exactly. kind of it's kind of cool to, to see wrestlers be like, bitch, thirty percent. Which I'm I'm sorry. 30% given to Matt Hardy. Um, I think it's very, I think it's, I think that's worth it to get Matt Hardy to, to be your manager who outshined private party in this segment. Uh, it, Matt Hardy's just so well spoken now. And it's solely because his mm-hmm. promos are just, you know what? I'm Matt Hardy and I don't give a fuck. And that's the way you have to be. And I love he, it. He is now, he is now his own Michael P.S. Hayes. When Hayes managed oh, yes. full circle. And like we talked in the opening, things are coming full circle for a lot of companies. Uh, he outshined private party who to me don't even uh, like, I know a lot of people love private party, but for me, like this whole thing that they're like, again, no intensity. Mike skills weren't there. Um, I'm so glad he's with them and he talked over them and he kind of drove that home as the manager. Sorry. My cat wants attention. So. <laughs> Well, since they want attention, let's talk about some other people that want attention because the inner circle was out next to talk about themselves and their resolutions. Oh my God. And I, okay, here's the thing is every single person in that group is full blown annoying on the mic and it is in the best possible way. Like Chris Jericho. Is it? Yes. It's is so much fun. MJF, a league of his own. Outshined everyone. Sammy Guevara oh, okay. was actually, Sammy Guevara was actually, I was really impressed with Sammy because he's not known for his mic skills, but he did well. Uh, how's, how does uh, Jake pronounce his last name? It's Hager, right? Hager. Yeah. Hager, cool. I was making sure I wasn't saying it wrong. Jake Hager being, uh, I wrote here, your, your yacht daddy. Like with his shit, like he looked on his boat and it's like, mom, where's dad? Oh, he's at the pier. Um, He's like, championships. I was like, okay. I hate that they're going to kind of make him like, kind of like the dumb, the dumb one. He's the crunk of the group. 
yeah, he is. And I'm like, uh, but it makes him stand out. And so Hager and Sammy are separate from my critique. Um, and also Wardlow, because he didn't really talk. Um, so what and, is your critique? Okay, so, okay. Oh, I guess you should just mention names, because, like, four of the people are excused from this. Like, Jericho, I'm like, stop. You look like, you look like someone's aunt. Someone's older. Truck I love driving. that, though. I love that he looks that way. No, no. It's kind of like when someone posts a meme of Steven Tyler from Aerosmith and they're like, look, someone's aunt who likes essential oils. Exactly. Exactly, though. I don't know, but uh, like Ortiz, like, first of all, Jericho could be in a coma and still cut a good promo. So I I think I was just waiting for Jericho to like pop off. And he was just kind of like the base for everyone to pop off of. Um, Ortiz and Santana. No, no, but they got their point across though with it. But it was no no conviction, no intensity. We're the tag team of the inner. I think it's going to be us. And then Sammy, like Sammy, got kind of got me on his side with him and Jake because he's like Jericho, you're a little tag team slut, and he is, which I love. And Mm -hmm. then MJF, I think Max really kept it together. Like people were kind of straying. He's like, guys, 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 we only have so much time. Let's let, let's wrap this up. I was like, that's a professional right there. He fucking absolutely. But I want to. So the overarching segment though was who's the tag team of the inner circle. That was the point of this whole promo was to set yeah. up the match. Which next week it is um, Santana Ortiz, MJF, Chris Jericho, and my new favorite tag team name ever in Sammy Hagar. <laughs> I, I I honestly would have been like Hagar and um, um, Wardlow um, because of, you know, they seem to go better together, but personality and comedy wise, Hagar and um, Sammy could Sammy really... Hager, you have to say, I loved everything. <laughs> That's kind of funny, right? And he's like, I don't get it. I, I died. I thought it was great. You know, Tito and Santana look like a legitimate tag team like they they, they well, well i know that's what i'm saying but they they're like a functioning real tag team whereas everyone else is just kind of like single stars thrown together which i don't personally like um it, it's just like tito uh, uh santina santina so i can't talk today those guys um <laughs> they they should realistically be the tag team of the inner circle but the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is MJF and Jericho have the bigger star power. But Sydney sure. and Jake, I think, have the biggest potential as, like, a comedy. Um, they could be funny and wrestle and be entertaining. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it's just, I, I don't, <clears throat> this the whole inner circle thing with all of them, like, none of them really seem to match and go together, except for, like, Jericho, MJF, and Wardlow. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, I, 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 I we know that's just me. I have to have a matching set. I don't like. I don't like pieces True. together. But who do you think will win this? Um, I'm honestly hoping that it's Jericho and MJF just to continue that little direction of where they're going with the dissension of the inner circle and kind of see where we're headed with that. I like this idea. <clears throat> I'm hoping it's Sammy Hagar. Because I would like to see some dissension between MJF and Jericho. Um, True. Because I think that would be a, a great little feud. Doesn't I think, have, What? I think, 
Oh, I think it'd be a great little feud. I'm interested to see how they're going to take it, though, because we've seen the Inner Circle do their Broadway fantasy number and these really creative promos. So I think that, honestly, this is going to be really entertaining for the next few weeks or even months. They could push or prolong this out and stretch it like Silly Putty. Yeah, but kudos to MJF and Sammy for really saving that promo because that was I was like, oh, <laughs> please, please do something. <laughs> so... Which was kind of the goal I had for the next match, which was or Omega teaming with the Good Brothers for the first time to take on Danny Lime. Oh, go ahead. Hit something. Sorry. MJF's line of the night. I had this written. Uh, it was either Ortiz or Santana said something about their grandmother or their mom making something and the crowd booed. And MJF going, you're booing food? Like, <laughs> I'm continue. MJF with the line of no, with the second line of the night. So there you go. Oh, okay. I guess we're going to have to see what line of the night was. And I'm guessing it didn't come in that match, though, because Good Brothers and Omega versus <clears throat> a terrible job match with Pillman Jr., Garrison, and Danny Limelight. Um, any big talking points for you on this match? I didn't find much. Yes. Um, compared to the veritable job match that happened at the first part of this super card, when the Young Bucks and um, Daniels and Kazarian faced off against uh, uh, the acclaimed, the acclaimed, the acclaimed, the acclaimed and um, oh my god, I'm drawing a blank. I'm sorry, it's not not, not to be offensive or shady. I just I'm drawing a blank right now. It's been Helico and the other guy. The eight man tag from the first night with the Young Bucks. Mm -hmm. um, this match, they actually really highlighted the Varsity Blondes and Danny Limelight. Like the other, I felt like the other team actually, it like it was. I don't think it was a job match because they the other team got some great offense in. True. Um, they they I think they effectively put each other over. Very well done. Um, Brian Pillman Jr. pulls off the mullet very well. Um, not many men can do that. I I, I brought you. You can What's that face for? I'm not. Uh, no, it's a no from me, dog. I am not about some Brian Pillman Jr. Oh no, well, I'm not. No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying like. I'm sorry. He's no. He's no Bobby Roode, um, or Cash Wheeler. Um, but um, I'm just saying he pulls off the mullet. It looks like really cool. Like not many dudes can do that. And Danny Limelight, that fucking tightrope walk. Yeah. The one on the ropes, so good. So that those are my main takeaways. There's some main takeaways from it. It was just really to be like, these guys are a team and then move oh, on to something else. The Kenny event, when those cheerleaders came out with the brooms or the dancers or whatever, I started yeah. laughing because I wrote, I have it here, Nitro Girls! Um, <laughs> I was like, we have Nitro Girls. But um, <clears throat> that entrance took so long and Don Callis stopped wearing mid-length coats, please. It, I don't like those. And the backs were missing the backstage segment. They showed the inset on the camera when he's like his two best friends in the whole world. And you think he's going to say the young bucks, but it's the good brothers. And they showed the young bucks backstage with Tony Khan and his awkward smile. Of Thank you. Who see, I, if I was Tony Khan, why would I be sitting there like, smiling? <laughs> no, like this is why. Facial expressions aren't the best podcast technique, so we won't do that anymore. But, but yeah, I was like, I was like, no, don't be an on-screen character anymore. You should not be smiling at this. But uh, yeah, but 
And that's but, all I have for the match. Sorry. Fun. Well, let's move on to a good on-screen character because it was the AEW Dynamite debut of Britt Baker's Waiting Room. Oh my God, I loved it. I loved it. Oh, I love Britt Baker. This is the day, or that was the night that Britt Baker became one of my favorite people on AEW. It was, uh, you remember when I was on Ring the Bell and then we talked about her baked potato jacket? I was like, why is she wearing this tinfoil metallic thing? And you're like, I like it. And I'm like, yeah, you would. Um, <laughs> is that what you're going to do to me here now? Like, I like it. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you would. Uh, it's on a shirt coming to you soon. Um, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Britt Baker, I gotta say, like, the only thing I disliked about this, well, there's something else, but it's not even her fault or Reba's fault. Um, the only thing I disliked was I'd watched SmackDown, and then I'd watched this, and then I went, oh, shit, you already know people are gonna make the comparisons, and people oh, are gonna I made the comparison as soon as I saw that Bailey was gonna do the show. I was like, oh, because I've compared their role models and they have similar promo style. I've been comparing yeah. them for a while. But what I liked, what I liked, and I want people to listen very fucking closely. You can do similar ideas, but do them so fucking different from each other that you can enjoy both without ripping the other one apart. Brit, like, I watched the Bailey one. I loved Ding Dong Hello. Um, and then I watched this and I went, oh God, this is fucking hysterical. Why? She's got a little sidekick in Reba who sold <laughs> the entire thing. Brick Baker, Brick, that, <laughs> and they shaved the fuck out of her from the side angle with her face like this. She looked like a horse, and I was dying. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. She also has, like, the live television audience. Like, she's got, like, a little row of chairs, which is hysterical. And then she's, but you know what? Like, Tony Khan, throw her some money. Like, build a better set. Like, that should be, like, a a tonight show type set for her. Um, and I, her, I'm sorry. Like she fucking had the digs, dude. She had the digs. She introduces Cody Rhodes. Right. And they have the little candles, the little sparklers. She goes, Oh, okay. I'm burning myself. I'm burning myself. And I was like, legend. And then she was like, um, she said, hopefully is who's your, who's your man. Is it Snoop Dogg? Is it Shaq? Like, make a good decision better than the one on your neck. And I went, oh, line of the night, line oh, of the night. That was not line of the night for me. Line of the night for me was when she goes, um, in your brand new show, I can't remember the name of the show, but she goes, where it's hosted by Snoop Dogg and a very lucky Cody Rhodes. <laughs> I was like. I also liked when she was like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or like, whenever I get an action. And I was like. Oh, like Brit, like came with like the guns loaded, and I loved. She was like, she was, she, you know, she you was like, you know, who I didn't think was very great, Jade? Jade Cargill. Okay, that woman looks like a million bucks. She looks like if Zendaya was a power lifter. She is gorgeous, yes, dear, but girl, those that's, that's first off before we rip her apart, mm. and not rip her apart before we critique her kindly. Um, that dress was everything. That oh, fucking what dress. Was dress. It was tights. Was it tights? Uh-huh. Was she in tights? It was a two-piece. It was a two-piece? It looked like a, it looked like it could have been a cocktail dress, but I don't care. Cocktail dress, moo-moo, long johns, I don't care. Um, it, it was a shoot. It wasn't a boot. It wasn't a toot. That was a shoot. That was, like, the best fucking look of mm -hmm. all the shows. Um, it was. 
it was great. But yeah, her her I like her better with long hair. I don't like this bob. Um, I don't mind the bob. She is. I think she is gorgeous, and I think she has so much potential. Of course, so, she does. So, so much potential. But that promo was some weak sauce. What was weak? I do like that again. They didn't. Um, they addressed Brandy being pregnant. Um, and then just Brit being in the frame, she's like, she pops in the frame, she goes, she'll be out nine months. And then she like, Lee, I was like, oh God, Brit, get it, girl. Like, Brit remind was us, Brit, so was there, Brit was there to remind us, bitch, this is my show, you know? And I love that. You go, girl. Um, but yeah, like, like if I were Cody, I'd be defending my woman. Like, he's just kind of like, we don't need to. We've recast Brandy Rhodes' Red Velvet. Um, so it's, that part is making me a little uncomfortable. Cause I'm like, okay, maybe you should have just postponed this feud or gotten Cody away from it. Cause it was all supposed to be about Brandy. So they just plugged in someone who looks like Brandy, but you know what I wish, what I really wish if they hadn't broken up Allie and Brandy, this would have been breakout time for Allie. Cause Allie can cut a promo. I loved Allie in impact. I thought she was you know, I thought she was great. Um, what wasn't great? This brawl. Red Velvet was putting everything she could into it because she's so much smaller. And mm-hmm. and you, you, it, Jade, this brawl. Was, I disagree. I, I under, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. I'm going to cut you off and disagree because I thought that door flying open was good. But what sold it for me was Britt Baker up on the couch recording with her phone, going, "Yeah, yeah, okay." I think, listen, I, I love when brawls happen and people break it apart. I love the Jerry Springer vibe. Britt Baker, we've already, Britt can do no wrong for the rest of the 2021. Britt Baker, if you're watching, which you're not, but hopefully someone who knows you will tell you. You're exempt from anything bad. You can have a million fucking botches. You could kill someone in the ring. I'm like, but remember when Britt Baker did the waiting room? She's exempt. She's she's exonerated, um, but now like Jade is so much bigger than bigger than um, Red Velvet, and she's just like she's like dropping like this kind of like her arm down. I'm like, no, she should have been ragdolling the shit out of her. That fight could have been way more intense. Like you look at like when Naomi and Cameron broke up in WWE, and they went full ham on each other. That could have been. We have no reason to really fight each other, even aside from Red Velvet started teaming with Brandy Rhodes at one point, and then attacks me. A bitch throws hands on me. I'm going. I don't care. I'd be like, I we're we're fighting right now. Okay. Well, you're entirely different than Baker then, because after we got the Jade mess out the way, Thunder Rosa um, had a promo where she basically says that her and Britt Baker are going to fight, and then Britt Baker. Just made me fall in love with her during this little moment where she's like, I did not agree to fight them. Tony Schiavone, no, no, I don't want to fight her. Well, we're not going to do that. What we're not going to do is any of this. We're not. And I'm just, it was so, so good. This is not a BBW review. This is a love letter to uh, Reba and uh, Britt Baker. <laughs> so. <laughs> Let's go ahead and discuss some uh, more stuff moving on from that. I'm excited for the match, but we got to wrap AEW up real quick. Now we do. So next match was um, FTR beat the Jurassic Express in such a good match. I did watch <clears throat> from beginning to end without feeling like it wasn't a chore for me. A, because Cash Wheeler. Mm-hmm. Jungle Boy is getting some some like meat on him and he's growing from a jungle boy into a jungle man 
So, yeah, act a little bit more like his dad in the face. And so just his whole, I love the teaming with him and Marco stunt because Marco's so young that I think, and Jungle Boy grew up, you know, his dad was a celebrity and he has a good head on his shoulders. So, you know, he's not like one of these asshole party boys. So it's a good way to kind of like mentor someone younger than yourself and be like, this is, this is the way. <laughs> and, this is the way and kind of just be like, you know, kind of avoid what happens with younger, younger celebrities, child celebrities. And Marco Stunt would be considered a child celebrity at this point, you know, kind of shielding them from like the horrors of the business and becoming a good role model or like a big brother to look up to. And I think it's only expanded with Luchasaurus being part of it. And Luchasaurus is such a good person too, that it's great. But yeah, the match was great. We won't dwell too much on it other than Cash Wheeler is hot. But I liked it. Also, just such a good match. Jurassic Express is so good. FTR yeah. is so good. All of this was great. It was. It was. Re- it was really good. The little. The little tag maneuver where Jungle Boy monkey flips. Um, yes. Marcus, Hurricane Rana. Amazing. Oh, so good. I want to steal that, but I am not athletic enough to do if it. We, if we did that, I would just collapse on top of you. You know that it would be like oh. <laughs> <laughs> We tried. Sorry. <laughs> Can someone lift me up for this Eric and Rana? <laughs> That's great. Kind of like the NWA Women's Championship match between Ty Conti and the champion Serena Deep. That NWA Women's Championship match. I loved it. This was one of my favorite women's wrestling matches I've seen in AEW. Um, it was it was okay. Um, honestly, and this is and this and it's no shade. It's really no shade. Um like I forgot it happened. Oh no. Yeah. See, that's what's bad is it gets forgettable with the women in AEW because there's just not enough investment put into them. Well when Brit when Britt Baker completely fucking steals the show, mm-hmm. <laughs> take it home. Just go home, everyone. <laughs> but as far as in ring work, hands down. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, there was I have nothing written here that's offensive. Like it, it didn't. It was, it was, a, it was a good match. Um, but it was, it was a throwaway match for me. It was kind of forgettable. It was, it was, it wasn't iconic. It's good. It's good. That's good. Um, so then the main event was Darby Allen taking on Brian Cage, defending his championship. Are you? Are you? No, still- I'm done. I'm, I, I'm done. Um, I go. You go I'm first. This match. <laughs> I don't really have much to say about this match either. It was kind of just what I expected, but I don't. I didn't like it. I wasn't. I hated it. Hated it. First of all, not because of the ring work, because of the storyline and the psychology in this match was bullshit. Yeah, uh, if if people if this happened in WWE, people would be so fucking pissed off. They'd be like, Vince needs to retire. And and if it were happening in WWE, it would not be okay either. So, yes, I, I, I agree. Like, but here's the thing: it didn't happen in WWE. It happened in AEW. So people are all about it because there's Sting and there's Darby Allen. And I get it. Darby Allen's people like Darby Allen. But here's the thing: you fuck. They just single handedly made Brian Cage look fucking awful. Yeah, they yeah. buried the shit of Brian Cage. How many power bombs were there? There was like four power bombs, right? That should have killed him. I and, respect the whole 
Darby Allen can't die. I, I respect that idea. Like he's just consistently fighting. Like I respect it. I don't like it, but I respect it. Yeah. Um, but if that's what you're gonna do, if he never can, you know, be killed, you're you did just take all the leg out of Darby, I mean out of Brian Cage, and you did take all the legs out of anyone really, because if he can't go down after having the hell beat out of him and still wins the match, I didn't like it. I just didn't. I didn't like it either. And the fact that it wasn't like, oh, it was a close three count. Or it was that <clears throat> he grabbed the ropes or someone put his foot on the ropes, you know, for him to, like, continue the fight. He kicked out at fucking one. Yeah. One. Like, Brian Cage could be a huge star. He's got the look. You've got his his mouthpiece and Taz, who I think is hysterical. Uh, right. He's got He's got the look, like, women, men, gay men, everyone is going to be all about Brian Cage. He can wrestle, too. And you you fucked that up, and then the comeback came, and he gave less punishment to Cage that Cage gave to him, and then... Got and then oh, and, and the, the finish came with the crucifix pin out of the corner off of the turnbuckle, right. and <clears throat> Cage, who was like... A, he's got to be like a solid like 250 if not 300 pounds of muscle, right? Right. He lands on Darby Allen. Like, like you sh that would squash him. And yet Darby Allen follows through with the crucifix pin and it's a, it's a one, two, three. And I didn't know that was no. I agree. I, I did. Here's the thing. I know what I'm getting when I sign up for AEW. I just do. I'm like, this is what's going to happen. So I wasn't mad at the match, and I knew how it was going to go down. I knew Darby Allen was going to get the win because that's just yeah. how it played out on TV. Yeah, we we it was it was a telegraphed win. Um, I just wish they didn't bury Brian in the process. I the thing about it is, is they're not going to look at it as a burial, but it kind of because there's. Anyone can beat anyone in AEW on any given day. It's kind of how it is. All characters have a stacked playing field. It's kind of like whenever you see that um, Lana has the same stats as Trish Stratus in the WWE game. Like, it's like, oh, okay, sure. Or, you know, that's how they look at it. And everyone can beat anyone as long as it's their day. And I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I'm against it or for it, but... I... It just it just, it just doesn't make Brian a credible threat to me. So right. like in the future, like if we got Brian versus Marco Stein, I'd be like, oh well, there's no there's no like uh, it it doesn't make him look like a credible threat, which in the future does not make anyone else legitimate if they happen to beat Brian Cage because if Darby Allen can beat them, then Sonny Kiss should be able to beat Brian Cage easily. Marco Stunt should be able to beat Brian. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't help anyone else in the future. So, so it, it really does hurt it. But we already know that what your rating is for AEW. You said it right at the beginning of the, the review. Did I sway you or do you still think it was a bottom? And Britt Baker and Reba, ladies, as hard as you tried. Like, they were the standouts for me. Um, but it, it wasn't an, an cash wheeler. And that whole six-man tag was amazing. It wasn't an, the, the, the main event left such a bad taste in my mouth. Just like Goldberg last week with Raw and Legends Night, gave I gave that a bottom. I think I gave it a bottom. Did I? I might have given it a top because I was I trying to. Give it a top. Yeah, I gave it a top because I was trying to exclude the segment because it was only whatever. But this was a match, and this was the main event match, and this was a 
it would have been fine if it was more even action between Cage and Darby. I'm not mad that Darby won. I'm just mad at they buried Brian to do it. And so, um, it's I'm going to disagree with you, though. I'm giving it a top. I know that um, you disagree with it, but the reasoning for me is is maybe I just went into that match knowing what was going to happen, so my expectations weren't as high. But as far as the rest of the show goes, I watched it and I was entertained. And honestly, that's the only reason I'm giving it a top. Like, I watched each and every match. That Jungle Boy FTR match I thought was great. The Women's Women's Championship match I thought was good. Even the things that were a bit predictable and kind of like, eh, a little bit turned on its head, weren't bad for me. And then... Britt Baker and Reba saved that entire show. I gave it a top. They did. And I'm not mad that Darby Allen won. I just, I just expected, um, again, again, as I'm being indoctrined to AEW and their style, um, all this talk of we're going to be different from the other companies. We're going to be, we're listening to the fans. Like, well, no, you're kind of just like, meh. I mean, you're, you're listening to the fans because you're giving them like the person to win who they want to win. But let's not sit here and act like everyone's a purist, you know? If this had happened in WWE, it'd be, it'd be called bullshit. It would be called bullshit. Um, if it happened, yeah, but it, it, it is what it is. The rest of the show, I was entertained, but there was a lot of talking, too. That was the thing, too. A lot of talking and a lot of matches with a lot of people outside the ring, which I didn't like. And well, You know what? I'm going to end this little AEW segment on one thing. Do you know why I enjoyed AEW? Why? Because I myself am a tag team slut. So <laughs> I know are and a podcast slut. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I will. Oh, I for I one quick note. We had Adam Page backstage with the Dark Order, which again has a lot of people. And Adam Page, I know he's like straight and married and all this stuff, but the way he was dressed and the way he was like standing there with his like glass or whatever. I laughed so hard because I wrote gay cowboy Adam Page because we have a bar out here called Charlie's in Vegas. And it's a we lot of here called Charlie's in Chicago. Yeah. yeah, and we have a lot of like gay cowboys. And it's so funny because I'm like, I've seen men, get, actual gay men who look like Adam Page at the bar like that. And Dark Order reminds me of all those gays who are like, you're like, oh, it's your first time here. You're, you're like new meat. How are you? Like, hi, hi. And then <laughs> Adam's Okay, guys, like being really polite and really nice, but he's like, I'm not going home with any of these freaking people. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> That's the status. Now let's go ahead and jump over to AEW's competition. Let's talk about some NXT this week in a show that um, – let's go ahead and dive in because I'm at a very um on NXT this week. The show – there wasn't because it's all in preparation for the Dusty Classic. Yeah, and it's all very Dusty Classic setup, and it's. Yeah. I think the only reason I wasn't too too high on this show from the get go is it is setting up for the show. Like this is the beginning of the legacy for the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team yeah. Classic. So let's talk about it. Um, opening up the show was Shotzi Blackheart going up against Candice LeRae, which again was fueled for the Dusty Classic because you saw Indy really helping out. Candice, and then as far as Shotzi, it was all about, well, she doesn't have anyone in her corner, which automatically makes you go, okay, Shotzi's going to be in the classic. She's getting a tag team partner. Yeah. So the, the, match, the, the, match, the match was good. It was good. Um, I feel like we owe royalties to Billy Kay um, with how many times we 
you know, quote her. I think it says something. She's a quotable queen. Uh, imagine, yeah. but it was kind of like, and I love Shotzi and I love Candace. Um, but it was kind of like uh, Tay Conti and uh, Serena Deeb. It was just kind of like, eh, all right, it's there. That match is there. It was all to help further the classic. I think I would have really loved this match if it was the first time we had seen Shotzi and Candace fight. And I'm going to leave it at that. Exactly. Yeah. And that's it. I like the team of Ember and Shotzi. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. Um, later on, she did announce that she is going to be in the women's tag team champion. I mean, the women's tag, women's tag Dusty Cup classic. Oh, I can't even talk about any of this. Shotzi um, is going to be teaming with Ember Moon. Other teams announced were Casey Cantanzaro and Caden Carter. Uh, we also saw that Tony that's, a, that's a lot of sounds. That's going to be they need a tag team name because I can't keep saying that. <laughs> they do need a tag team name. I think it's like they did it. It's like tiny but powerful. I don't remember. But um, anyway, the other tag teams are Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez, which is an interesting tag team. As well, okay. It, they just kind of got paired together. It makes no sense, but hey, it. I'm looking forward to it. Mercedes, the, the long-forgotten retribution member. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't even want... No, we're not even going to discuss it. No, she was never a part of the group. <laughs> but somebody who is a part of a group now, uh, we saw Pete Dunne interrupt Finn Balor's promo um, to declare himself that he's going to, I guess, be the next person coming after the NXT Championship, and... To be honest, Pete Dunn versus Finn Balor, ain't mad about it. No, not mad, not mad about it at all. It could have been worse. Could have been like Lars Sullivan. Um, but could have been Jackson Riker. Uh no, but Pete Dunn and Finn, it's perfect. Oh, that's gonna be great. I love me some UK wrestlers, and we got to see some more in the first ever match for the Dusty Cup, um, or in the tournament, rather. It was Grizzled Young Veterans taking on Ever Rise in a really good tag team match. Really good, hard hitting match. So again, nothing, nothing bad. It was, it was better than good, um, and it was. Uh, I was entertained. So Grizzled yeah. Young Veterans. I would love to see them get the win for the classic. Um, I think they're going to be a favorite. The way they were kind of hyping them up a bit, and th and that's also kind of the thing that I don't like about the Dusty Classic or like any tournament for that matter. You kind of, it's almost like RuPaul's Drag Race. You know who's kind of getting the winner's edit kind of yeah. ahead of time. And it seems like it, whoever's going to get the most promos is definitely making it to the finals. So, But you know what's also, take with that in mind, Everrise is a team that I want to really get behind, but I just can't right now. And I don't know what it is. Yeah, it, sometimes it's just a flick of a, they just need that one standout huge match. Or they need that one storyline moment or like a manager or a valet or just something, you know, something. Just something like Hardy boys had all the talent in the world. Edge and Christian had all the talent in the world. That one ladder match did it though. Just sent right. them, you know. Um, speaking of someone who is um, on the rise and having their breakout moment, Raquel Gonzalez announced that she is going after Io Shirai for the title. And I'm excited for that. That's going to be great. That's going to be great. Who would have thought Raquel would rise so quickly? So so good. I'm I, excited. I'm very excited. Um, I'm excited because it's a win-win for us, right? Like, we get EO versus Raquel, and if EO wins, cool. Um, if Raquel wins, cool, because then there's a possibility EO can come up to the main roster. You know? That Pass is also valid. And I'm I'm really excited to see EO team up with Rhea. That would be, that would be a yeah, 
Exactly. I'll take that. Yeah. Speaking of taking things, the next match was Johnny Gargano accompanied by Austin Theory to face Dexter Loomis and the gays just God, Dexter Loomis looks like he would choke me during sex and continue to fuck my corpse if I died. And that's okay. (laughs) Sign the waiver right there. Before that, we did get a little bit of uh, Gargano and Austin Theory having this weird like, and I wrote here, Austin Theory had like both like the drawings sent from Dexter Loomis of like Johnny Gargano crying and um, Austin Theory getting shot in the nuts by Shotzi's tank. And what's interesting is I wrote down here, I go, Austin Theory is a himbo, which is a new term that I've learned. He's a total himbo. Now, basically for anyone who doesn't know what that is, it's a male version of a bimbo. You know, you're beautiful, but you're kind of dumb. You're a himbo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'm totally fine with it. And also, anytime him and Johnny interact, I just have flashbacks to every men.com thing I've ever watched. Oh my God. Which, by the way, people, men.com is not a health and fitness website. So you're not into it. It is for me. It gets my cardio going. It gets my cardio going. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I need to stretch more. I need to do that position. Like, <laughs> I learned how to seduce my plumber thanks to men.com. Thank you, men.com. But Dexter Loomis in that fucking nip up into the leg drop. Yes. Oh my so God. good. And I, what I love again, Dexter Loomis is a great case study and less is more. You don't need to do all these fucking flips. You don't need to do all these fancy moves. He's got a character. It mm-hmm. works. With, he works in how he walks, how he dresses, his facial expressions. And when I'm he so things, good at it too, like yeah. everything is on 100%. 100%. as simple as a nip up into a fucking leg drop, which that was a beautiful nip up. It was fluid, but like, it was like this, how you can make a nip up look creepy and, and graceful at the same time is fucking stellar. Um, creepy yet crisp. There we go. It's my new drag name. Cre- creepy yet crisp. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was a good it was a good match. I like that. And Dexter, Dexter and Gargano and Austin Theory. That's if you put Cash Wheeler in there somewhere, I would be like, I, I'm gonna have a heart attack. I'm probably going to implode right now. So, well, thinking about that, I don't know if I would have a heart attack, but I would definitely have a quick stroke. Um, <laughs> I would have I, I I would I would be like I'd look like a glazed donut afterwards. Um, well, speaking <laughs> of glazing my donut, Wade Barrett, Wade um, Barrett. interview with Tommaso Ciampa and um, Timothy Thatcher, where basically um, I loved the little thing of Tommaso Ciampa looking at Timothy Thatcher and going into their fight pit match, just going, "So, what did you injure? Why weren't you medically cleared?" What injured you? I loved that. I thought it was so good. Well, Tommaso Ciampa is just, he's Tommaso Ciampa. You know, it's just kind of like, all right, leave it at that. Like, it's automatically, if his name's attached, it's an automatic top grade, you know? Oh, agreed. It was just fun. It was a nice way to set up the match. I don't even think you necessarily needed Wade Barrett there. But it was so good to look at, though. Yes, he was. That's what makes Alicia Fox a legend. She got to date that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god moving on next <laughs> so we had to see a debut next in the next 
round of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. The former Rascals in MSK debuted to face the odd team of Isaiah Scott and Jake Atlas. Speaking of weird pairings, that's a weird pairing to put together. And speaking of, you know, predetermined outcomes, with the way they were putting over MSK, you knew they were winning. So it was just kind of do you know what was weird? I really loved this debut, but also didn't like it at the same time because I was very much like, okay, you guys were brought in and told, do all your flippy shit. And they were on this match. They were. Um, and you know what? Like, I, 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 I'm going to sound like a total hypocrite, but it was just kind of like, um, all right, do it. It's your one shot. When it's your one shot, I understand going full fucking bore. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's your debut. It's it, it, you don't know if this is going to continue, even though they won and when they're going to go on with the classic. There's so many people who, after they get a big push or a big win or a big debut, they just fall off. They just don't get used ever again. Or it's your one job. It's like winning a bunch of money. You have that money right now, but if you start spending it and there's no new money coming in, you're done. Yeah, it, it, exactly. So it's just kind of like, uh, okay, just go for it. Go go. Like if I were they're like, oh, this is your debut. I'm doing all of my shit because I want people to be like, okay, bring him back. You know? So. I think that people got them over. I was impressed with them. I thought it was fun. It wasn't my favorite match, but mm-hmm. again, it was exactly what I expected out of these two going against each other. They should have had a warning about flashing lights, though, for that entrance. I was like, whoa, that is a lot of lights. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, are you blinded? But no, but I can't epilepsy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, My next little bit that we need to talk about, um, I know the match had Zia Lee versus someone, but all I wrote down for my notes was Zia Lee kills a woman. (laughs) That's all I wrote. Hello, police. I'd like to report a murder. Thank you. Um, I love Zia Straight up kill her. I love it. I got a concussion watching that match. Like, those kicks. And you know what? Good for her, because even I was one of those people, like, who's this Chun-Li bitch, like, when she debuted in the Rumble years ago? I was like, really? I'm like, okay. She debuted in the Rumble, though. She debuted in the Mae Young Classic. Uh, I mean, on the on the main roster when I first, because I really wasn't watching a whole lot of, like, NXT or, or the Mae Young Classic, so... When she showed up on the main roster in like the second women's rumble, I believe, and um, I was like, "Who's who's Chun Li over here?" Like, because it just felt like copy paste from Street Fighter, right? It really this, did. This is just the entrance, the little, the little, the little security dude with her. Who's under the mask? We don't know. If it was like a, a Japanese wrestling legend, I'm like if- wondering if it's played by Karen Q. Oh, mm-hmm. that's my big thing. Mm. I, but I like. I'm thinking like, okay. Well, I'm sorry, not a Japanese legend because Zaya is Chinese. I'm sorry. Um, but damn it, if Zaya were Japanese, it'd be so cool if it was Bull Nakano underneath the mask. Oh my god, yes, that sounds uh, cool. right. But I'm like, I'm interested to see who it is. And she's the look, the braids, the kicks, everything just looks so good on her. And she. What she's going to do next because girls got it. She's got it. This is what she needed. Yeah. Yeah. They invested. They invested and they invested correctly. She's, she committed. That's great. It's wonderful. And speaking of great, we have to move on to the main event, which was 
Undisputed Era versus Brizongo in Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Oh my God, it was so good. I wanted Brizongo to win. I'm just so, I'm so behind them. And Tyler Breeze and Thundango get better looking with age. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't think they were all that hot like when they first started. And like the older they get, I'm like, oh yeah. It's like oh. fine wine, baby. I'm like, I'm not, they're actually also not really my type of men. Um, cause they're just a bit twunky kind of shred. Don't know what it is, but they're just mm, both of charisma. them. Charisma. Like it's, a, it's definitely charisma. Um, but yeah, I wanted them to win, even though I was like undisputed era is probably going to pull it out. But I was kind of hoping that, um, Pete Dunn and his boys were going to cost the undisputed era the match, but he went. I know I, that's what swerved me. I was like, here they go. They're attacking Kyle O'Reilly. They're going to get distracted. They're going to lose. No, they still pulled off the win. So that's mm-hmm. how you do a swerve right there. You swerve the predictable booking to do this, you know? And it was I good. It. I, I want to go ahead and say that NXT wasn't the best NXT because it wasn't memorable, but it was still good NXT. It was a good NXT. But like we said at the beginning, it's setting the groundwork for the Dusty Classic. So it, it's you, you, it can't always be the A++++ show. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to sell for an A minus, <laughs> but it, you know, like um, New Year's New Year's Smash for AEW was a super card, and that this is the and but this NXT is like the beginning of their super card trajectory, you know. So that's very true. Well, um, we have to ask the question now: um, top or bottom for you on NXT? Oh, top. Same. Very a top show. It was just good, and I we already told exactly why, so we're good. Oh, and also, I, I we, we didn't touch on this. Um, I just want to let the audience know, Shelly Martinez, a.k.a. Ariel, from the WWE ECW reboot, uh-huh. uh, she walked, she crawled so that Scarlett Bordeaux could, could walk and run. Basically, the whole tarot card thing, I just kept thinking, I was like, Ariel set the precedent. Shelly Martinez did that for you, Scarlett. You're welcome, Scarlett. Francine. (laughs) But Scarlett did so well. I I love that little vignette for her. It was she's she's gonna be a huge star too. So 100 percent agree. Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and shift some gears. Let's talk SmackDown now because SmackDown was a just honest to God, really interesting show this week. Exactly. Yeah, everything kind of was captivating or funny or building to something else. It's kind of amazing to me how SmackDown's so congruent, but Raw's not. It's it's amazing to me. SmackDown and NXT are part of the same company, and Raw just feels. uh, And and again, everyone, same company. Clearly, it's not WWE. That's the problem. It is just Raw whoever's writing raw uh the fact that they have a third hour that's the problem which was usa network's decision um and it's kind of like that's the problem the third hour in the writing team and five oh, percent like of the pandemic you know five percent of me blaming the pandemic but that, yeah because they're the whole storyline for smackdown this week was we started off with roman reigns basically trying to get the contract ready for adam pierce to sign for their match at royal rumble and it was a really well-built thing. 
um, which we can just discuss the entire overarching thing for the main event because it was very much a chokehold on SmackDown. It was. Um, and he sold, uh, I just love Roman's selling facial reactions and attitude as a heel. He's not angry. He's not yelling. He's not a Triple H or a Batista about it. He's very like, like you can see on his face, the, the audacity of this bitch, you know, like, and, and right. it's because Jay Uso is the one who's like, motherfucker, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I think it's great. It's a great thing. Like Scar with his hyena, and it's great. Exactly. That That's a great, see, Circle of Life. Circle of Life, Lion King it's is a very, li- <laughs> hold on, this is a very Lion King episode today. I was like, is there a Lion King toy near me? <laughs> We should just call it this episode, the lion, the witch, and the audacity of this bitch. Um, Cause that's what, that's what Roman Reigns looked like when Adam Pierce. We call it the lion, the witch, and the ding dong, but <laughs> ding dong, this bitch. Um, but Roman, um, Adam Pierce comes out and he mentions, you know, through a microphone that's having issues. I don't know why they didn't, it's taped. Why not just cut the show and fix it, but whatever. Um, He's like, he goes, my knee, you know, you get flare ups with the knee, blah, blah, blah. I might not be cleared to wrestle, but I can name, you know, a replacement and out comes Kevin yeah, Owens. And and so mm. it was so well built throughout the show, though, because Paul Heyman, God bless Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman is such a good actor. He's a gem. Going up to Adam Pierce and be like, you need to do this. He's just so skeezy. He's such a good super villain. I love Paul Heyman. I love him so much more with Roman than I did with Brock. Like, well, Roman very much can play off of Paul and deliver a promo. Brock cannot. Yeah. That's a real testament because Roman basically, when Paul walked in and said, I got you your no DQ match. And then he looks up from his new best friend, Apollo Crews and says, yeah, I don't want that. I want a last man standing match and basically makes it happen without saying make it happen. And I loved it. And I love the build up of Heyman and Pierce playing back and forth all the way up from the beginning of the show to the end promo where Jay was like, get your ass up. And we got to see Adam Pierce play the mind games with Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns to basically have him sign a contract for a last man standing match against Kevin Owens. It was set up perfectly. I loved it. It was so good. Now, personally speaking, we all know that I was an advocate for Adam versus Roman. Thought that would have been great. Um, but this is, I am a huge Kevin Owens fan. I think he's amazing. So I am okay with this. This is, it was great. It was great. Would you like to see Owens get the belt at the Rumble? I think Owens deserves uh, to get the belt um, at the Rumble. I can wait until Mania. I, I, I kind of want to see more of heel Roman and, I can wait until Mania for Kevin Owens to have his huge Mania moment. Kevin is owed a lot for winning the Universal title and then having to drop it to fucking Goldberg. Immediately. Uh, immediately. That was bullshit. Um, and and Kevin, Kevin's a good worker. He doesn't hurt anyone. He can cut up a good promo. He, um, isn't your, he doesn't have the body mold of all these jacked, you know, guys. People relate to him. Great. Yeah, and he takes up for the staff. Like he's been, he's been on board with all these COVID restrictions and COVID protocols, and he's a Shania Twain fan. So yes, he deserves everything in the world. You know. Well, let's go ahead and discuss some of the matches that happened along with the great Kevin Owens because 
to back up that finale that brought out Kevin Owens to really pop us, this was just a stat card and show. And it started off with Jay Uso versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And this was match of the week for me. That, this- was, a, that was a good match. And I Jay Uso, it's so sad that sometimes a tag team specialist has to go solo because someone's injured or they're away for whatever reason. And they just have to, it's fight or flight, survive on your own or wait until your partner gets back. Well, he is soaring on a jet engine, baby. So fucking good. My only hope is that when Jimmy comes back, Jimmy has the same amount of success. Jimmy can go do his own thing too. Cause right. I think, I think Jimmy can um, as well. And um, that they won't need to be the Usos, you know, just to get over into like Bree and Nikki. They're able to do their own thing, even though they're twins. Um, um, but it's they more overdue to see them kind of separate. Yeah. And then come right back together again. So now you can have Jimmy and Naomi on raw, you know, they don't have to bring the whole family over, you know, so it works for them. It works. It rocks. And you know who else rocks? Billy Kay. She's so punk rock. I, I, she was almost in my top. If we did not like, she was also my, all, almost my top pick. Everything <laughs> that was everything I could have hoped for and more. They, I they panned away from Natty to show nothing but Billy Kay repping an air guitar on stage. I screamed. I it was so good. The ent- and give it up to Ruby and Liv for really playing into it too. Like the entrance, like Liv helps up Ruby, and then Billy's like. Give me a hand. Give me a hand. Help me up for the entrance. Mm-hmm. And then Ruby's like, "Go ahead, help her." I-, I expected it to be flipped. Like I expected Liv to be more welcoming and Ruby to be like the no, but like Ruby's like, "No, go ahead. Like help her up." And I really think this is going to turn into Billy proving herself to the right squad, and it's going to happen at the Rumble. She's either going to save them or sacrifice herself. That's what's mm-hmm. going to be the tipping point. Unless I'm wrong and you're right and they reunite the Iconics. I'm but hoping they reunite the Iconics. So, like when she went over to this, she was like, Ref, what are you doing, Ref? And Tamina's like, why are you over here, girl? Like, <laughs> that was so funny. I was like, like, fuck Natty in the ring. I was like, Tamina and Billy were so good. And Billy running into the ring looks like me when in, in one of my first matches, not knowing what the fuck I was doing. Like, whoa, 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 sorry. I'm getting out of your way. But, uh, yeah. And then she got, uh, I didn't talk about the ending to the last match because I wanted to loop that into this match. It was two matches in a row with a person that I didn't think was, uh, that I thought was going to lose one because I didn't think Natalia was going to get the win here. And I didn't think they were going to give Shinsuke the win against Jay Uso. So it was two surprises back to back. I had a feeling Natalia was going to win because they just, they just love to somehow fuck with us when it's like, you know, um, um, they're doing the storyline. Like, like Liv and Ruby have a storyline, so give Natalia the win because it really doesn't matter. Well, I wish I would have really good. All that matters. But, uh, but Billy yeah, I was K shocked. win over the Riot Squad a little bit. Yeah, I, I wanted to, but I, I WWE booking, I was kind of like, yeah, I figured. Um, Shinsuke winning shocked me, though. That shocked me a lot. I'm hoping it calls for such a big push because Shinsuke deserves the world. And you know what doesn't deserve the world, though? Natalia's new ring gear. Oh, you mean Lon- Lana's gear? Yeah, that Lana. It did not look right on Natty. I was like, 
uh, uh, and those boots were bad. Those boots were bad. And I'm like, no, no, Natty. And I'm like, "Mm, nah. Like, no. And also, that's like, no, is uh, King Corbin. He fought Rey Mysterio next in a match that was good. (laughs) It was good. Another another $10 million to Billy Kay for royalties right there. (laughs) I mean, she's, I mean, you've seen my TikTok record. I'm all about people using my voice to get famous. So it's. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Uh, Yeah. I mean, the match was good. It was good. I didn't care that they put Dominic on commentary because I didn't think that he's ready for that. Yeah. Um, But I like the kind of guidance of, Dad, I can do this myself. And he's like, no, let me guide you. I kind of like this dynamic of father-son they're doing with Dominic. And Ray. They're totally building slowly, slowly, slowly for Ray versus Dominic. Like, it's a good setup. And I think that if they do it with a family angst rather than a full-blown heel turn, it's going to yeah. be money. Yeah, I, don't be surprised if it happens next WrestleMania. And don't be surprised if, if it's Dominic retiring his father. Like... Good match. I'm all for it. Yeah, really yeah I'm all for it too. I'm not saying right now. I'm not saying this WrestleMania. I'm just saying I don't be surprised if that's the slow. Dad, I can do this. And as Dominic gets better, you know, Ray is going to want to hang it up, and you know, yeah, kind of pass that torch along. Special guest referee Aaliyah Murphy. <laughs> I'm going to ignore that. I'm going to let you segue into the next segment because you really enjoyed it. So what happened next? Oh, we had a special guest. Wait, is that my DoorDash? No, it's Bailey. Ding dong. Hello. <laughs> Bailey had her. Okay, I for for people who know me, I have not been a, a Bailey fan. I've tried. Like, I liked her in NXT. She got called from the main roster. I didn't like this. It didn't really fit with anything. I hated her booking. Um, when she turned heel, it was long overdue. Uh, but I just could not get with it this i can totally get with and i'm so fucking here for it she okay. has oh are you here for it let me let me pose a question for you because i'm not entirely here for it okay um here's the reason why bailey on her own i thought was struggle bus i thought it was really really hard when she came out and she was cutting her promo initially I think once Bianca came in and she was able to go off of Bianca, who I thought was completely flawless in everything that she did, I thought that's when Bailey was shining was because Bianca's so good that she lifted Bailey up in that segment rather than mm-hmm. Bailey just being competent enough to do it herself. Well, I mean, um, uh, having my own talk show, it's always a little nerve wracking because it's kind of like, if when you are out there and there's not someone with you, like a co-host or whatever, like Britt had Reba, and that was su- super, like, you can play off of each other and it gets less awkward. Uh, Bailey, this is the first time ever. And I'm sure, you know, she was probably like, oh, shit. Because when do they film SmackDown? They film it on Tuesdays? Or- no, to be honest. Okay, because so if this had happened, if this was filmed right after Britt Baker debuted her show, I guarantee you there was that, oh, fuck. Like... I'm nervous. I know I'm already, you're already fighting a losing battle. People are going to compare you to each other. Um, But once you just get out there and you kind of get the first sentences out, you kind of. Well, here's my thing is Bailey suffers from, Bailey's not a trained actress. She's a trained wrestler. Mm -hmm. So she suffers from that acting thing of 
oh, I have to say something in front of people. Let me say it really, really fast. And if I say it really, really fast, rather than actually delivering the funny lines and hitting my notes, then I just go ahead and get over with this so I can get onto the next thing. Yeah. Girl, slow down. Because some of her digs and her jokes were really good. They just weren't told correctly. Yeah, but the, the, the aura that she gave off when she busted through the fucking door, I was like, I hate you. And... I love every minute of it. I love hating you. Um, right. like, Ding dong, pull up. And then like um, sitting in the chair. And yes, once Bianca came out, I think that's also true with anyone. Once someone's there, your performance gets amped up a little bit, which is amazing, which I love. About how good Bianca was. Like, Oh, Bianca's stellar. She could, she could talk, she could read from the Bible and I'd be like, I'm entertained. Mm-hmm. Like, like and and it, it also helps that um, with uh, with people finally like embracing more black pop culture and um, street lingo and slang and black artists like she's she's a touchstone for black culture right now in WWE uh, politics not politics mm-hmm. in that way but um like people are like she's relatable because she is a reflection of what's hot right now. That's why like okay. Sasha and Naomi, people love them because you, you see other artists out there and it, it's just kind of like, it's awesome. It's great. So when she's like doing the tongue pop and she's doing the hand gesture and she's, and she's uh, using lingo and she's putting bitches in their place. <laughs> Bianca's amazing. What I love too is all of the flair they put into her entrance. Right. With the, the braid, the the braid, and it says on the the That's ribbon band. Strongest. Uh, oh, that, that she has the best one, and then the EST one. Um, her ribbon banner for her Titantron says, "I go here now," and I went, I clapped. I legitimately clapped. I was like, "That is." I um, found so good. Just yeah. the little details. Um, but next week it's set up for Bailey versus Bianca in an obstacle course, which I'm sure is going to be somehow funny and entertaining. Bailey's going to sell the comedy with that. Yeah. Um, and Bianca, cause I, I saw a video where like she was doing like, I think she was running track or something. And um, I think she also was doing an obstacle course. So I think they're playing off of that where we know, she, we know she's going to leave Bailey in the dust. That's, that's, that's the whole point. And I love when she took Bailey's chair. She goes, "Ooh, this is comfy." She's like, "That mean that, that's my chair." Oh, yeah, okay. Here. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, okay, that, that's great. And I like how she's like, "You get your dusty ring gear on," you know. And I'm like, "She's so good. She's just she's a star. She is a veritable star. She is." And like when her and Sasha collide, that's gonna be that's gonna be a really good. A really good thing, but I love the Sally Jesse Raphael look that we got going on for Bailey with the glasses, and even yeah. there. And I was like, and when you're like, oh, Jenny Jones, and I was like, yes, like if she did makeovers and like paternity tests, I'd be down, I'd be so down. So, Britt, Bailey, one of you, I need a paternity test. Bring back Brandy, let's really find out whose baby that is. Wonderful. Um, wonderful, much like the next match too, which was Cesaro versus Daniel Bryan. I got nothing to say. Well, what can you say? You, it, it's an A plus. What can you say? Oh, it, you knew it was going to be an A plus before they got in the ring because of well, who it is. Well, A, you said Cesaro, and you're like, oh, okay, it's at least a B plus match, depending on yeah. who he's wrestling. And then like, oh, Daniel Bryan. You didn't even need to watch the match. No, it was going to be great. 
and it was so good. And Cesaro got the win. It's great. Anytime Cesaro wins, I the world I, wins. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. And they both. I love this new look for Daniel. I think that hair makes him look ten times better too. Oh, he um, looks maxi. No, yeah, yes, he's a nice little vegan snack right there. Ew, vegan. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Um, the next little segment, we got to see Carmella call out Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks shows up and challenges Reginald. I hated when Reginald got between them and he had that like he had that little that little smirk oh. going. I wanted to punch him. What? He felt like a toxic gay. And I was like, okay. Oh. I was wondering, because that's the vibe I got, but I didn't want to say it out loud because I'm like, is he part of the family? I don't know if he is or not. Um, which I mean, cool if he is, but I'm like this. I'm like that. That whole I wanted to reach through the TV and punch him right in the face. So yeah, yeah, the way I was like, oh, I hate him. So as soon as Sasha went, she can have her title match as long as I get you. And I went, okay, I I can't wait to see this. I can't wait to see that. And then setting up for another match this week, we saw Apollo Cruz beat Sami Zayn. But the real story to me after this match, because it was a good match, but afterwards, Apollo kind of taking off of his mentorship that we saw earlier with Roman Reigns really got in Big E's face at ringside. And the interaction between Cruz and Big E, I'm ready for the title match next week for the IC belt. Yeah, and I love Big E just sitting up, lounging on the couch with... with <laughs> I love that shit. Uh, you know, and, and I, I, I do love this whole conspiracy theorist documentary crew mm -hmm. i that's so much fun sorry i think that's so how much fun. yeah i really want to see where Sami Zayn can play into this because i think he's going to be a major factor between big e and apollo cruz somehow he's going to try to wedge himself into that title picture and yeah. i'm really here for it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i would love to see this whole conspiracy theorist character kind of be an overarching thing that kind of twists into all the storylines like like a gtv but with an actual person behind it like look look what we found like he just kind of stirs the pot amongst everyone and big e is just such a force like that e is capital and we know that um sammy zane is going to go after that because we know that conspiracy theorists like storming capitals so um i have to leave now <laughs> you gotta be here for that joke that was solid guys it's capital with an o okay only one a and an o not a l okay but that match was great um we already discussed the main event segment of kevin owens coming out with adam pierce so the question remains now um i'm gonna go ahead and go first on this one smackdown was a top this week smackdown oh. was so good SmackDown was a total top who is into kissing, but don't tell his wife. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of, I hope Anthony calls me back. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay, so we went through all four shows. So now comes the big questions to end this. Number one, I think I'm going to introduce a new question to you this week, Tommy. What was your show of the week? I show of the week was probably SmackDown. 100% agree. SmackDown uh, was by leaps and bounds, too. Like, there wasn't anything comparable to SmackDown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, Britt and Bailey, comparable, but still totally different. 
right. Well, let's start with the negative. Separate but equal. <laughs> Separate but equal. Um, well, let's start with the negatives. Over each show this week, what was your overall bottom moment? What did you think was the worst moment out of wrestling this week? For each show? For overall. Overall, for the whole, okay, whole enchilada. Bottom, yeah. Darby Allen versus Brian Cage. Mm, that was your overall bottom? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, no lie. Um, my overall bottom isn't necessarily a moment from any show, but it is the fact that now Drew McIntyre can't be on Raw, so they're setting up a feud between Goldberg and Drew McIntyre via Skype, and I'm not okay with it. It's the future. <laughs> but you know what? That, the future is no longer iconic. It's not. It's it's, But it's also no one's fault either with that. Like, we could say, you know, like, 99% of the time, it's WWE's fault, but this is really like... It's not their fault that the matches um, that COVID is going on, but it's their fault that this match was even happening in the first place, because I don't want Drew versus Goldberg, so I'm already mad about it. Now I have to suffer through promos from a distance, and I'm not for it. What if they are silently just lying and saying Drew has COVID, and then after, like, they say he's still not cleared, so this is their way of canceling the match because people hated it so much? Dear God, please. I hope for that. I hope it is. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get away from some negative and talk about some positives. What was your top moment of this week? What made wrestling? Uh, hello. Ding dong. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was horny old Ric Flair. No, I'm kidding. It was the- <laughs> No, honestly, my top moment out of this week was the match between Jey Uso and Shinsuke Nakamura. It was so good. It was so good. You know me um, well enough to know that I am typically always glued to my phone, and it's mostly social media. So if you can keep me off of Twitter and glued throughout a whole opening match, boom. And it did. And I was, from top to bottom, such a good match. Mm -hmm. And honorable mentions, clearly. Honorable mentions, FTR versus uh, Jurassic Era. Yep. Um, Britt Baker in the waiting room. Um, and with Reba, because 50% of that was Reba being amazing. Um, um, uh, fireball. The Fireball, Horny Hold Ric Flair, and <laughs> Punk Rock Billy Kay. Punk Rock uh, Billy Kay. One final mention. Let's not forget Xia Lee killing people. Xia Lee murdering a poor woman just doing her job and Dexter, and us wanting Dexter Loomis to murder us. Yeah. Oh. Well, I am the king of the pussy breaker. So murder this pussy, Dexter Loomis. Murder this pussy. <laughs> but yeah, those are like all the honorable mentions. There was a fun, a nice little fun amount of stuff peppered through every show. Well, that was every show um, that happened this week. It's not every show. We have, we're have we going to talk about Impact Wrestling eventually, but this is already verging on a regular two-hour show, so not going to have that happen. It's uh, better. Last time it was three, so we shaved off an hour. We were getting better at this. So We shaved it off. We shaved it. For, no, it was two hours last time. This time we went an hour and 45 minutes, so we shaved off some 15 minutes, so we're getting better. Boom. Um, but... Mr. Tommy Purr, the perfect specimen. Where can people find you across the internet? 
Instagram at the underscore man underscore diva. Twitter at rare underscore form, R-A-W-R underscore form. And social media, Facebook, facebook.com backslash officially perfect, P-U-R-R-F-E-C-T. And I don't really use it that much, but you can message me if you want to. And then if my OnlyFans gets approved, which is legitimate and not a joke, then eventually I'm there. <laughs> I'm at the same boat with that. But you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joey underscore Mayberry. You can follow me on TikTok at Joey dot Mayberry. Also, this is Tops and Bottoms. We're going to be reviewing um, professional wrestling each and every week from an LGBT perspective. So please feel free to go ahead and subscribe, follow. The show's everywhere. I'm really excited to be on Spotify. But please go ahead and check that out. Also, if you would like some merchandise, feel free to check out my Teespring. That's teespring.com slash Joey Mayberry. Mm-hmm. And we hope to see you guys next week. And... For this week, it's Tommy and Joey, Joey signing out and saying ding dong, goodbye. <laughs> okay, yeah, talk about your ding dong, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone.